and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for November 7th through December 6th, 2018. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. Before we begin, I want to thank those of you who shared your beautiful stories in our Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. Susan gave us a prompt last month to write our own mythic stories, and the results that you all shared were stunning and deeply inspiring to me. I love hearing from you there and look forward to continue sharing. If you'd like to join the group, you can find it by searching Moonwise Sisterhood in Facebook and answering a few questions to be admitted. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorothee. As always, it's my pleasure to be in uh, dialogue with you about uh, what's happening and to really, uh, we're getting more and more uh, feedback that we really have a beautiful community of listeners. And we're just so excited to be together in this way and to be sharing and supporting and honoring one another. And, um, and just feel like we're all bearing witness for one another as well. Yeah, as as we hear feedback from you all and we connect on the Facebook group, which is Moonwise Sisterhood on Facebook, it's really nice to start to really be able to envision who we're talking to and with and see also the community come together to support each other as well. So thank you all. So we find ourselves in a, a very interesting time. I hope everyone's been doing well, with the Venus retrograde, um, I know a lot has been coming up for me, and I'm really excited to hear from you today, Susan, because it just seems like a good time to get some guidance and kind of calibrate ourselves to what's happening in the stars and within ourselves and collectively. We wanted to be transparent about the fact that we were recording the day before the election um, because it is such a momentous time. Uh, and there's so much buildup and so much emotion and so much tension and so much hope and fear about what's going on. And um, and yet what ended up being um, what I thought might be an interesting kind of theme or if we, you know, we always title these new moon um, conversations, that this one, what really came to me was um, the theme of turning point. And it feels like regardless of the outcome of the election, that we also hold the notion of turning point, um, that no matter what happens, that we're committed to what has been revealed to us uh, at an individual level, as you said, as, at a cosmic level, at uh, a collective level. And we'll be talking about, as we talk about this new moon in Scorpio, you know, where, it, where it's really taking us that's so significant and how this election is just all kind of the manifestation or the earth walk through it, but that my hope is, is that we, we can't and won't turn back from what we know to be our truth uh, of the part that we all play in what we hope to be the evolution of humanity and um, the healing that is so needed um, on so many levels. So we're sitting in mystery as we're recording this, knowing that either way we'll, we'll make it through. 
and we'll all be together. And I think that's the scariest part is a lot of people are feeling alone. And I think that's what all the prophecies, you know, the Hopi prophecy uh, in particular, spoke a lot about the two heart and the one heart. And what always gets through at times where we need to migrate and move and change and transform, it's always when we do it together. And so that's the most important, I think, learning out of everything is just to continue not to cling to community, but to walk together. Uh, and I think that's, you know, there's so many metaphors we could move into around what we're seeing in the world that way. But I think it's, again, the togetherness that we um, that we approach all of this will really make the difference, the one heart. Mm, beautiful. And so as we move into this new moon in Scorpio, I'm really intrigued to hear, because I know Scorpio is a very powerful sign often associated with the shadow and the feminine. So I'm just really interested to hear about that. Yes, yes. And so what I what I wanted to do is just kind of give a little overview of how complex this new moon is. And then we'll we'll kind of dive in, which is what Scorpio is all about, into the <clears throat> deep water, deep water feminine sign that Scorpio uh, takes us into. But the reason I say this is a very complex new moon is that, as we know, new moons are times of release and new moons are time of planting seeds. They're um, the beginning of the lunation. Uh, and so every year we have a new moon in Scorpio. And usually I feel, because Scorpio to me has, I don't mean a heaviness meaning bad, just kind of like a, and it also corresponds again with that deep fall where, you know, we're in um, that moment of the cross quarter between, you know, the um, the fall and the winter, right in that deep moment. So we really feel that sense of time change and darkening of light and all those kinds of things. And, and that deep sense of everything that's starting to mulch and kind of move into winter, into the inner self. Um, but because we've had Jupiter in Scorpio since um, October of last year. Remember, that's when the Me Too movement started. I think that first indictment uh, went down and all of the the experience of the revelation, the, the opening up, the unveiling of beneath the surface of sexual politics and harassment and kind of what we've been going through at an individual level that's become collective to see also um, investments, how we invest our energy and time. You know, Jupiter is uh, the biggest planet and so it doesn't do anything in modulation. It makes things bigger. So a lot of times we think of Jupiter as good fortune when it moves in our, where it is in our chart and where it is in whenever it moves into a sign. But the sign sets the tone of Jupiter. So with it going into Scorpio, it made bigger everything that we needed to see beneath the surface with ourselves individually that Scorpio rules and as well as a collective. So we've had this, this whole tone of Jupiter moving through Scorpio throughout the year. So to me, it feels almost like a new moon is this, this new moon feels more like a culmination in a way of this whole year. We're going to have, I think, a really beautiful year of taking all of this deep learning and starting to actually translate it from felt into spoken. We're going to find the language for it. But we kind of want to bounce into that. And I'm really cautioning everybody not to push ourselves, kind of like when we've been through something really big and we go, oh, I feel fine. I feel great. Let's go. And it's like, let's just really honor the fact that we are still, you know, nurturing something and we've been through quite a bit. But as I say, through this new moon, we've still got, uh, we've got Scorpio's signature all over everything, which is beyond language. Scorpio is so deep 
that it's something that we've been through, but we can't quite articulate it. And um, so a lot of times, if you're Scorpio or you've got prominent, um, you know, prominent planets in Scorpio, um, or you have someone that you care about from that's Scorpio, there's there's a slowness. You know, it's kind of it's so deep, it's slow, uh, but there's a slowness to the experience where it defies language, and the language is one of a felt experience. The language is a one of of a deep knowing, um, and trying to translate that into words is a really challenging um, but fruitful process. So with that in mind, I'm saying, you know, we're, we're trying to rush to say, okay, what what are we experiencing in the Venus retrograde? And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to say, I'm not quite sure yet, but I know it's forever changed me. And that's one of the reasons I'm calling this particular new moon a turning point, because there's a lot of changing guards this whole year, as we've talked about, the planets have been, most of them have been retrograde. Um, Venus is still in retrograde for another week or so. And then as Venus goes direct on the 16th at the same day, Mercury goes retrograde. And so it's the final, takes us through to pretty much the end of the year almost. And so again, I'll give dates, but I want to give the bigger feel in the sense that this whole year has been one of almost uh, confusing us or unwinding us from patterns. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, elements to it that have been so deeply disorienting for us. And yet, ultimately, I think in the confusion takes us out of these bad, embedded, you know, really deeply um, kinds of ways in which we think and we do and we act and connections from our ancestors or connections from our culture that we just have to wake up to and not only wake up to, but have to really change. And so with that in mind, um, the changing of the guards that everything's going to happen in this month and then take us into the whole year is really significant. So the turning point, I guess I'd want to say to everybody is, we know it's time for change, and we know it's time to live differently, but because everything hasn't been quite clarified yet, try not to go into action quite so quickly. Scorpio um, is ruled, we look at rulership when we look at signs, and Scorpio is ruled by two. It's ruled by Mars, which always likes to express itself and take action and can sometimes move too quickly, and it's in, and, it, and Pluto. And Pluto likes to transform. It doesn't just like to change. So when we look at what's going on, um, Mars has been for almost six months in Aquarius. And so it's been asking us, because of the, it's been, it was in retrograde, asking us to give spaciousness to our belief systems. And so again, rather than just to act, we want to understand what motivates the action. And we want to give a little space, like to breathe into how we've been thinking. Um, so that we can really um, allow our mental attitudes to be in sync, because um, Aquarius also wants to be innovative at a humanitarian level. It wants, it really cares about our social surroundings and wants us to be connected, as we've talked about before, on the people and the, um, you know, the communities and the networks that we're all connected to. All have relevance to us. All matter to us, which is kind of what we're seeing right now. Um, and so that's informing this um, new moon, as well as Pluto's in Capricorn, and Pluto's solidly in Capricorn. So it's kind of saying, even though we're in the water, even though we're, you know, in that deep kind of, you know, deep dive into all of this, 
uh, that which, which lies below the surface, think about what ultimately lies beneath the surface of a deep inner pond, right? So we're going into a deep inner pond in this new moon in Scorpio. Well, what's in there? The earth bed. The earth bed holds every body of water. Or if we're in a, a womb, the womb holds the ambiotic fluid and, and the baby. So we're deep inside and we can feel into that Pluto, which is asking us to go into this transformative time, is saying, I've got you because I'm in Capricorn and I want to rebuild your foundation in a way that upgrades you, that enhances you. So think about that in humanity, regardless of the election, um, the from the cosmic consciousness, or let's just say the transits and where everything is moving us in the sea is also holding us in the deeper earth bed of, of what is beneath the sea and surrounding us. And that's really beautiful. And I think it's kind of reassuring. So we talk about the deep feminine waters. We also talk about the deep earth mother, you know, as above, so below. So to me, I feel that at a, something that's beneath like language, it doesn't tell me at all what's going to happen to me or to us, but it also at an elemental level, when we kind of align our spirituality to an earth honoring, earth medicine spirituality, we feel into the elements and we feel oneness with that. And we, and I don't know, it gives me some reassurance. So I offer that to you if that resonates, that maybe it might give you a little bit too from that cosmic mother feel that it's always, you know, around us and holding us even through the full phase of this transit. So as we feel into this new moon, we're still unwinding from things and we're still learning. Um, and so we're trying to navigate these waters of this deep inner pool. And so in some ways, this new moon is saying, you've got to stay in this deep water for a little bit, um, long enough to get comfortable to see in the dark or feel into the dark, um, long enough to see this is a deep, deep with, with Scorpio. Scorpio has... Um, uh, the desire for healing. It's when we think about Scorpio in the, the key, some of the key phrases, it has to do with seeing in the dark, magic, power, primal, intense. It can be controlling, it can be a force. And um, so in that way, it's, it's not superficial at all. And from that scorpionic way, it kind of pushes us. But the interesting thing about, again, when you're in the scorpionic experience, it very much wants to take us into the depth with, let's say, a higher exalted intention of let's get to know the deepest part of ourselves so we understand our deeper motives. And let's also um, be able to unbind ourselves from what is keeping us knotted up. Like if we were in the bottom of the sea, we would want to you know, free ourselves from something that was keeping us from also rebounding and bouncing back up from the freedom. It has that ability, but we have to not be afraid to jump away and to, you know, to see through the fears, you know, kind of like when a child is saying they're scared of the dark, we walk in and we are, you know, kind of confident that nothing's in there. But from the child's point of view, it's very real. Remember magic. So there's, there's something inside of us that says, hey, these fears are really real and they really scare us. They scare us in our dreams. They scare us when we close our eyes. They scare us when we journey. Um, you know, they scare us when we're healing. They're scaring us right now with what's going on in the world, you know. But if we don't have the courage to stay in the moment and to understand that the remedy is in that point, too. 
So this is a true release point. It's 15 degrees of Scorpio. Well, 15 degrees is considered to be the deepest part of every sign because it's right in the middle. Zero is the beginning, 29 or 30 is the end. So this is right in the middle. It's like the bindi from, you know, the that notion of the center of the being. So the wisdom is here if we can tolerate the discomfort or the fear. So it's it's going to hold us for a minute in that release point and then it's a you know it's going to as we move out of this into the light and we you know we really move out of this moment there's a tremendous amount of healing of trauma of old wounds, of ancestral issues, of collective that we've been holding inside ourselves and it's also deep soul energy. Scorpio is soul so from that point of view, again, if you want to really not only know your soul, but you want to do deep transformational work around what has been nodding us up or interfering with our own liberation, um, you know, going into this space that we're in right now, which is sort of the apex of what we've been through with the Venus retrograde and Jupiter, here we are. So it's it's a really, I think it's a really beautiful moment. And I think in this release point, um, you know, it gives us a lot of material, so to speak, that we're going to understand later, like I say. So we may have to stay tolerating a little bit of what we've discovered, and we may already know it. I mean, it's, it's, I think from everything we've been through from the Venus retrograde, I think most of us already know um, in some form what we need to change and what we know we can't tolerate anymore and what we are worth for ourselves our self-worth, our self-love, these lines that can't be crossed anymore, I think we know them. It's just now we have to figure out what that means to us, you know, and what we, how we have to change um, and dismantling. And so that's what I want to say, too, is that, you know, we've been talking a lot about dismantling the patriarchy, which I'm all for, uh, but I don't think we want to replace it with anything, right? I mean, we don't want to replace it with another structure that is just uh, in some ways like a different power play. Even the word matriarchy in that way is a hierarchy. And so we, we sometimes have to stay a little bit going, I don't know what's next. But, you know, if we figure it out together and we figure it out individually uh, in terms of what we know we can't do again and what we know we don't want to replicate, that's a pretty good start. So I feel like that's part of this next little window of time is to say, as we dismantle, let's not rebuild too quickly, because I think we're just going to do it reflexively with all of the outrage that we feel and, and whatever it, that might mean inside of us. We have to let that kind of cool off, burn off, like be able to feel like we're really in the new ground and what the new earth is asking of us and within ourselves and in our lives so that I think that's the beauty of what this Jupiter is going to share with us about, you know, the new st the stories that we want to tell, but we're not quite sure how to do it yet. And I think that's really important to let the greater um, understanding come forward. Um, and so I think we need, I'd advise us to be a little bit more neutral as we move through this uh, new moon in Scorpio. So when we think about, all right, new moon in Scorpio, very next day, Jupiter changes signs. Then on the 16th, Venus goes direct. And so when Venus goes direct, she's still in Libra until December 2nd. Then she moves into Scorpio. But she moves into Scorpio like she's fully embodied. And she's like really kind of interested to move now into Scorpio. Because guess what she moves into? Her power. Like she really embodies her power because she's not like reeling from all this. So I say the she in the exalted feminine, but I want to say us. 
like the, at whatever we've been through and we're going through, and we've talked a lot about that and we're writing about it, but I think we're really going to uh, own it. And I, I'm excited about that for all of us. You know, I think we're going to walk with, walk the beauty way, but in that sense of empowerment, you know, where we don't do harm, but we really own and know ourselves. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that feels like for each of us and to share that and what it feels like for us as a collective in the feminine with, with what they're, we're moving through. And I say that in the feminine, not in a binding gender, you know, specific way. We all carry deep feminine uh, meaning. Um, just a, a sense of how, I guess we want to, let's define that together in a new way, but I don't want to let go of that, you know, because I think it's a beautiful energy of creatrix and love and caring for and nurturing. And, um, and then how we express it is more of that young way too. So it's a force that we, that, that we bring forward. So I think that's going to be really interesting in this new paradigm, um, in that sense. But again, remember that as, uh, as that moment occurs, when Mercury goes retrograde, because we're going to right away feel, this is the way Sagittarius kinds of moves, is Sagittarius wants to say, um, well, we, we want to bring this into knowledge. And we're so sure because of what we've been through that now we kind of say, well, I, I know what the right way is now. Well, that is like, you know, bound to get us into trouble. So when we start to feel like, you know, we have the right way, our right ways, you know, we want to share that right way and we've got a lot of opinions about it, we start to get into that guru energy that, you know, because that's the thing about Sagittarius is it can kind of say we have a, a feeling of knowing something. And we want to, we really mean well and we want to share it. But again, it's retrograde. Not only that, but this Mercury retrograde is out of bounds for a period of time, which means when a planet goes out of bounds, it has a more extreme feel to it. So when Mercury goes out of bounds, it's going to be even more extreme in its retrograde. So even though we have those usual sorts of contract and back up your computer and all those snafus, there's a big thing with Mercury being retrograde in Sag where it's like, you really could get into that, you know, foot and mouth kind of thing. So try to be neutral. Try to be deep listeners. It doesn't mean we shouldn't share, but share from that beginning point of view. And also realize good situations and bad situations change like the weather. So we want to stay in a neutral situation out of all we've been through, remembering that we are still weaving uh, the material together from this deep deep place that is beyond um, an actual oral language even. but And as the oral language comes forward, the written will follow. So we're starting to put together that, you know, we're brewing the medicine, but and we know that we've seen some results with it, but we're not quite sure it's going to work for everybody yet. So just try to remember that we're going, we're still processing a lot. Wow. Okay. So staying neutral and it sounds like it's a turning point within ourselves as well as outside of ourselves and staying neutral and just sitting tight a little bit in the mystery before we make a big push for action or start to declare everything we've like, quote unquote, figured out um, is, is a good, good way of handling this time. Yes. And I, I would say that as just a, um, like just a kind of a, a rules of the road. Um, that said, we've been through so much and we do. So I guess I, I would, I would want to say, for us to be thoughtful in that way, to try to not bounce of the new moon too quickly. Um, but I would consider uh, 
at the same time, you know, we we also want to really trust our gut like never before, because as I said, we've been through something that has changed us. And that something is to the very nature of our soul. So we're rebuilding our core, um, Pluto and Capricorn, we're rebuilding that core, but it's not a mental thing. It's a, at a deep soul knowing. So it's going to be emotional intelligence that's going to swell and going to grow. And so I don't mean we shouldn't move on things and we shouldn't move forward and we shouldn't take action and all of that. I'm just saying, understand that the real, the really most potent area that's going to transform us and speak to us is going to be from something that is deeper. So that's why I'm saying, I think we just have to be in sync with ourselves. And what does that really look and feel like? I can't tell, I could barely know that for myself. I think that's where the deep personal practice that comes in is going to be so psychic um, which is also Scorpio. It's very psychic. Um, that thing with the thing about Scorpios too is that they can read you in a really uncomfortable way, but they'll really control what you can read about them. So that's the thing about Scorpio because it is powerful and it's controlling. So we're kind of having that game within ourselves that in some ways we're with all the Scorpio energy that's been through us. We know our we know something more about ourselves and we know what our, our root of our nature is, but we have to make sure that we don't play games with ourselves and try and trick ourselves into going into blind spots again or thinking we can control outcomes or our experience too quickly. That's where, you know, the spider gets stuck in her own web. We want to be really kind of um, still feeling like we're humble we're awkward with this. We have to test what we're really feeling. Um, we've acquired a deeper emotional intelligence, as I, as I say, and we have to get to know how it lives inside of us because we're not really sure. Uh, so that's where I feel like our personal practice is, you know, in that really deep psychic way. And how does it feel in our bodies? And then how does it feel when we're with people? You know, and maybe that's the practice at the end of every day. What did I what did I feel? Like, what was my real deep intuitive feeling when I was around and alive in my world? And maybe kind of notice that. When did I feel really alive? When did I feel repressed? When did I feel like something wasn't in sync? When did I feel like I got, you know, a bad vibe? Like, what was going on around me? Because that's going to give us a sense of how to navigate some of these deeper energies until we can sort of translate them into, you know, the the, the sense. So it's like seeing in the dark, like I said before. There's but we can definitely navigate it. It's a new navigational tool. And if we've already had them, and most of us do, we're just going to get more witchy with the whole thing. Uh, but we want to be strategic with it, and we want to feel um, kind with it, and we want to feel empathic with it. You know, we don't want to lose those qualities because the kindness is really kind of where we're at. I'm so glad you brought up trust um, because that's something that is so strong with me right now is this idea of when did I lose trust in myself? And it feels like this new moon is really asking, like when we talk about that deep dive is basically kind of feeling when and how or why, or, you know, whatever it is, when did I lose that trust? And basically by recognizing it, um, I think hopefully will be (laughs) that path to power, like you said. And and when I say trust, it's it's like trusting myself to feel the grief, trusting myself 
to see and, and feel the things that I don't like or the things that don't fit into my vision of myself or the memories I want to repress or the things I want to kind of like bypass over. And, and so like, to me, that real trust is trusting the whole of you that you can experience, even if it's not easy or pleasant, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a relief. It's yeah. like a huge relief that, that we really have, um, you know, there, the words you're talking about, thank you for articulating it that way, because it's, that's a hundred percent, um, on target. And, you know, I think that what comes out of it in all this, which is the true desire of Sagittarius when we're also Scorpio Sagittarius, these are like really beautiful signs that, um, want us to not be afraid of our depth and then want us to also be able to carry it forward to our future destination, to feel our North Star, to feel our North Node, to evolve in that way and to be excited and optimistic about what we can create out in the world and not be afraid to be a world traveler, you know, to, to know, um, to understand more deeply. But, you're, but the signatures that you're talking about have to do with spirit. They have to do. So when you talk about really trusting ourselves, it's the great mystery within that also allows us to have um, trust in the unknown outside of us, to live in the unknowable, to live in mystery, because these are the ways as we start to get that deeper sense of resonance with ourselves, we also understand that we're a part of something greater, the intangible, the invisible. And that's like, then we're really kind of in sync with something that's beyond every day, but then we have to embody it every day. And then we have to also show up. It's like nothing is, can be without each other at this time in the world. And I'm noticing, you know, people uh, who are coming in, women who are coming in to see me individually right now, they're like, I'm ready to do some work. And I thought, you know, that there were certain ways that I was already done with something. And I'm, I'm really seeing that it's showing up in my life and I'm really ready to I'm ready to do it. I'm not afraid. I mean, I know I've been afraid, but it's also costing me too much. That's what I mean by turning point. It's like, oh man. I mean, that's the thing about everybody I work with. It's it's like there's it's so humbling because the, when you see how brave everybody is, and it's so humbling to see the world right now. It, it's just we we can do not we can't turn away. Um, we have to do the work uh, that uh, individually and collectively to do better and be better and to show up. And so that's the other thing that I would say that I think is going to be a big guiding point with this. Um, I hope forever, but I think right now is going to be really key is stay humble, especially with this Mercury retrograde. Don't try to figure it all out now. Continue to understand what you have figured out. Beautiful. Uh, but even in the figuring out, I think it's going to more fine tune. And I think the story is going to really weave itself by the end of the year. And we're almost there. So, you know, as we get into that solstice time, I think we're honestly going to feel, you know, just a deep and a thorough and a beautiful understanding of who we are and where we're going and what really matters to us. And I think we'll be able to bring more words into, you know, the pilgrimage that we've that we've uh, been through and what it tells us about where we're going. Thank you so much, Susan. So do you, are there any kind of like final words of advice you have for us as we go into this next lunation? I think, I think believe in ourselves, like we said, and believe that everything that we're going through or that this, this moment that 
uh, this deep, uh, deep inner pond is asking us to explore is how beautiful we found it. It's deep inside our being, and it's it's the it's the pond of our soul. So there's a lot of oh, the other thing I guess I'd want to say though is um, Neptune is squaring Mercury, and so we can feel a little foggy. And a few people have been asking me; they're already feeling foggy, and they're going, "When is this fog going to lift?" And I would say it's sort of like the mist when you're at like the mists of Alvalon. I want to try and make this like make it feel more mysterious and beautiful because it's. It's just kind of tough, but it's if you feel like this is my deep inner pond and it's got a mist in it. So if we stay with it in a magical way, it'll feel more beautiful. But remember, when the fog lifts, we see things differently. So just keep that in mind. It's great for spirit. It's great for knowing ourselves at that deep soul level. It's not easy to navigate. So don't try to like in that sense until we get through the retrograde. Uh, you know, I would say just be aware of of that the map and the, um, you know, all that may change, the coordinates may change. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about as we're closing is that I felt called, there's this um, beautiful triple goddess um, tarot, which is uh, uh, Aisha Lerner uh, created uh, the triple goddess tarot about 10 years ago. It's just exquisite. And the card that she translates into the world card, 21, in this is called Awakened Aphrodite. And so I'm just leaving that with us because um, she talks about it as representing the culmination of a long journey in a royal road to wisdom. And so when I think about that with Aphrodite, Aphrodite can feel kind of naive in some ways, the goddess of love, but think about this Venus retrograde that we're emerging from you know, and uh, like Lakshmi from a pond with the um, lotus emerging, you no, know, you know, from the mud, just like this Venus retrograde in Scorpio, we're emerging from the mud wiser like a more mature kind of evolution of that. And so I would say, you know, again, you know, I think of those mystical ways of what we seek we are, the medicine that we look for, we hold, you know, just all of that beautiful kind of full circle that as we're rising from this year and certainly this lunation, we are going to truly feel like we don't own, nobody owns us. We don't, you know, nobody deserves an explanation. No is a full sentence, you know, <laughs> and that, like you said, we deeply trust ourselves. It doesn't, but we're staying humble and we still need each other and we're not quite sure, you know, we need help and we need guidance and we need support. Um, so we're not know-it-alls, right? But we do know ourselves and that's the most important thing. So rising and awakened Aphrodite, I will leave us with that. Beautiful. Uh, for anyone who wants to find out more about your work or you, I know you have an upcoming retreat that I'd like everyone to know about, tell us where we can find you. Thank you. Yes, finally, the retreat, the long-awaited registration is open and we're hoping to get deposits in by the 20th uh, of this month, right before the full moon. Uh, and so please look at our website, Everyday Medicine woman.com and that's we're going to santa fe and it's going to be a beautiful uh retreat over mother's day weekend so i'm hoping that all my moon wise sisters will gather and i get a chance to meet and be in ceremony together with all of you in real time that would be super awesome so please come to that i'm also of course do individual consultations that soul work where we do akashic work with charts astrology charts and and integrative um uh, inner, you know, uh, psychotherapy. So everybody's welcome. And I love working with all of you. And I love hearing the messages we get from 
Instagram and Facebook and emails. And somebody came up, ran up to me in um, Whole Foods the other day and gave me a big hug about the podcast. So I'm like, yay, I love it. I also want to reverberate back though and, and pay it forward to you, Dorote, because I would encourage all of our listeners to um, utilize uh, your Patreon, Muntenko's Patreon uh, uh, platform, uh, where we can, even it's a dollar a month, it's something small. I know that we're all kind of strapped thin. But Dorote, I can't tell you, just even for the podcast, um, how many hours it takes her to edit my long-winded forecasts um, and just all the work she does and the amount of of knowledge and what she shares with everybody in her other podcasts and sharing with others so generously with other women of power that she wants to share with everybody. And so support her so she can continue to do this work. It's really, really important. Um, and I really want to honor you, honor you for, I've known you for so long and I just, your emergence, you are truly awakened Aphrodite too. And I just want to honor you and let all the sisters honor you as well. So I hope you don't edit this out because <laughs> we need to support your work. It's really important. Thank you so much, Susan. That means a ton. As everyone probably knows, um, Susan has been a mentor of mine for many years. I want to say at least seven years, if not more. So yeah, and and definitely the root of a lot of this work um, was awakened um, by working with Susan. So thank you, Susan. I received that. And also, if anyone out there is feeling called to kind of awaken some of that moon or feminine side of life. Uh, Susan is a wonderful place to start and her retreats are also deeply transformative and activating. And it's just a beautiful circle of sisterhoods and connection with nature. So the elements and much more. So (laughs) I really, I'm looking forward to the retreat myself and I hope everyone else who's able to come will join as well. All right, everyone, good luck. We'll see you on the other side of this month. Thank you for listening to the show. I'd like to invite you to join our growing community on Patreon, where you can get access to bonus offerings related to this episode and other treats. Join us at patreon.com slash moonwise. And if you haven't heard our recent episode about creating space to feed your authentic magic, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I talk with life coach, emotional eating expert, and sacred space holder, Sarah Jenks. We talk about treating our bodies as sacred temples and creating a life that's aligned with who we really are. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album, Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time. Ooh.